I've said this many times before, but no matter how many albums I store into my 160 gig iPod I carry around everywhere I go, I always seem to knee jerk into listening to the same 20 bands and the same 50 albums. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm constantly checking out new bands and new music, but when you're far away from home on tour and for long stretches of time, sometimes familiar music can act as a security blanket when homesickness or weariness sets in. Of course, amidst my habitual Sabbath, Lizzie, Turbo Negro, and Melvin's listening, I have managed to embrace newer bands that have become staple listens too. In recent years, it's been shortlisted to no more than 10 bands, bands that I carry rigorous fandom for, much like when I was just a teenager. Nowadays, having precious little time for that sort of band fandom makes me all that more diligent when I do latch on to one. Oftentimes, I have to remind myself that I'm in a band too, and maybe it needs a bit more of the attention I'm paying to other outfits. Bands like Church of Misery, Denava, Grand Magus, Shining from Norway, Eric Cheneau, Brothers of the Sonic Cloth, and the Doom Riders. The Doom Riders are a band very close to my heart. I love them. Their album, Darkness Come Alive, from 2009 was my album of the year, and since then I've quietly and patiently waited for their third follow-up release. It's been four years now. I met Doom Rider singer-guitarist Nate Newton, whose main gig is playing bass in Converge, five years ago at the With Full Force Festival in Germany. I introduced myself and tried to keep my cool and not let my fanboy side out too much in front of him, but I was very happy to meet and make contact with Nate. Having him on the podcast is a real coup for me. It's hard to not just meet up with people who live in other countries far, far away, but to record a podcast in the process is damn near impossible. In fact, Nick Flanagan and I attempted a podcast with Nate in April of 2012 when Converge stopped in Toronto to play with Burning Love, but there were too many factors happening around us. When I got home, I realized the podcast was unlistenable, mainly due to Burning Love sound checking downstairs. The only thing I was left with was Nate telling me that the Doom Riders had started work on a new record, so all was not too bad. Recently, when we played the Hurricane Festival in Germany, I made sure that Nate would have plenty of time and our surroundings be silent enough to nail down a podcast. Still, our window was tight. Nate had to get ready for the Converge set, and while we recorded, you can hear the strange sounds of a band playing in the background. That band was the Hives. I didn't mind too much since it just goes to show how chaotic it can be when trying to do these podcasts on the road. It's not bad background noise either. I take the hives over most bands anyways. I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's with a member of a band that I am fully devoted fan of, the Doom Riders, not to mention the supreme enormity of Converge. Thanks to Blue Mic Microphones, thanks to Skull Candy Headphones, thanks to all the comments on iTunes and SoundCloud, and thanks to you for listening to Nate Newton, who is this episode's guest of the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now.
we should we should really get into this. Let's get into it. We are uh, here at um, uh, the Hurricane Festival. I'm here with Nate from Converge and the Doom Riders. We tried to do a, a podcast before, but it just, yeah. it didn't work. It man. farted out. Yeah, and much like the first time, we were doing it with a band playing in the back. Oh yeah. Last time it was cursed. This time it's yeah. It's the hives. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing a. They're we're missing it. But we are missing it. Well, I, I saw a couple songs. It was good. Yeah, I saw one song. Is it Main Offender? Is that the name of the... the it was their hit? I can't remember. Um, I'm on my way. That oh, yeah, song. yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah. It's it's interesting how long those guys have actually been around now. It's... Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. And like, the, I mean, they had, like, radio hits, like... It was... Was that like 10 years ago now? Yeah. Almost? That's yeah. crazy. Main Offender, that was out in 2001, I think. Venny Vitty Vicious. That yeah. Album. We're, we're old people. God, that seems like it was like two years ago. I know, doesn't it? It's yeah. just when you're on the road, man, you just look back and you're like, seven years? What? Seven yeah. years? It's like two years ago. We were talking about that earlier today. Um, oh, what was it about? It was about something that we did in like 2007. And all of us were like, no way, that wasn't in 2007. That's yeah. That's... That's like so long ago. Yeah, we were like, no, that was like two years ago. We're like, no, that was 2007. We're like, oh my god. When I was thinking back as to like knowing that we were gonna sit down and do this, I was thinking, well, when did I like? How long have I know? Have we known each other? Like, it, and it was, I think, five years ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it with Full Force? With Festival? Full Force. Yeah, yeah. and you we were, were there... both watching Entombed. Yeah. yeah, which I thought was a fitting way to. To yeah. meet you, it was perfect. Cause yeah. I was I was sitting there, I was watching Entombed. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" And I looked over and I was like, "Whoa, that's Danko Jones watching Entombed." I'm like, "That's awesome!" Cause I, I'm a fan, so I was Thanks, like, man. "You know, right away, I was like, this is cool." But when I when I, I don't know, I think I came up to you. You came up to me. You introduced yourself, and instead of saying, "Yeah," I, I just said, "Fuck, I love the Doom Riders, man." That was the first thing I yeah, said. Yeah, I remember. Oh, I'm out. I you just, were like, "Aren't you in Doom Riders?" Yeah. And I was like, "What?" You, you know who? Yeah, man. I fucking love that band. I thanks, man. As you know, off, off the mic, I've fucking, and I think that means a lot, man. It's like really cool when you kind of meet kindred spirits in this fucked up little crazy scene we got going on. You know, like it's, it's not often, so it's it's really cool when you do meet somebody that like you connect with on that kind of level. Yeah, when I heard first heard the the first album, I I was like, well. Someone's out there doing it now. Someone's out there. There goes my side project. Oh, I was shut like, up. fuck, this is they're doing exactly what I would want to do. Like you guys, Doom Riders are to me whenever when anybody says like um, are there any bands to listen to? I always I always start with Doom Riders. I have a little I got like five bands that I always my go-to bands. And fuck, uh, it's Doom Riders. I love that band Danava. Oh yeah, they're yeah, great, I man. I love that band. Uh, Grand Magus, I love. Oh yeah, I don't have their new record yet, though. I need to pick it up. The Hunt. The Hunt is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, I feel like they've gotten progressively more and more like modern metal sounding. Yeah, it's super Judas Priesty. Yeah, which it, which is fine. I, I loved the first two records though that sounded like like Doomy Soundgarden or something, you know? Yeah, that's a great description. Yeah. Iron Will and um, fuck Wolf's Return. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, Wolf's Return yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the album they put out on Roadrunner to me was like the topper. I just it's a good thing you guys didn't put out an album that year, or else it would have been like trying to come up with a top ten. It would have been fighting all the way to the I, end. I understand. But you guys are 
Doom Rider's done. Album in the can? It's Yeah, it's finished. We're just working on the artwork. Um, like, yeah, it, it, it's been kind of a long process with the artwork because everyone involved in it has been super busy with other stuff like Thomas Hooper who did the cover of the last album he's he's doing all the all the paintings for this one as well but he's in the process of moving his family to Austin Texas from New York um, Ryan Patterson from Coliseum he was doing the layout but Coliseum is touring because their new record just came out I just my, my wife and I just had a, had a baby so like all of those things together have made for a pretty slow movement, but it's it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those Uber fans who just who will probably like go on Facebook going, "Hey, what's going on?" Whoa. <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm the same way. I'm the same way, man. So um, that's Thank cool. You. And um, it's interesting that it's the artwork that's holding you guys back because of all your connections. Like, I, I think I got a connect a connection for Florian. Yeah, Bert Mur from you. Yeah, and he ended up doing a T-shirt design. For yeah, us. I saw it. It was a good shirt. Yeah, too, I saw it. Was he actually sent me one? Or no, you sent me one. I think I sent yeah, you. One. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know where he went though. He just went Florian Wall, dude. He does that. I love Florian. He's one of my really good friends. But he he like Florian is in the process of moving to San Francisco, and oh. so like he's been like sometimes he's in Germany, sometimes he's in San Francisco. And it's just hard to get in touch with him sometimes. And then, like, I think not too long after he did the shirt for you, he had, like, a massive computer meltdown, and he lost everything. And had, like, he, he just didn't have any of his work anymore. And so oh my God. He, he basically had to start from scratch again. So Oh, yeah, because I tried to, because uh, we had that, we put out a book, and we were trying to get, I was trying to get in touch with all the, artists who who had made artwork for us over the years yeah. photographers and stuff and i tried to get in touch with them but i just was like you know what this is gonna be a shot in the dark and it was yeah. okay in the end it worked out because the the woman who did the layout never used any of the artwork she she opted for more photos oh so that's cool. all good but i'd love to get florian to do another because doom writers always have like from for me like the best Merch. Oh, like thanks, I got, man. I got a Doom Riders hoodie. I got a Doom Riders this. Fuck, I got a man. Doom Riders fucking whatever. I get it through Shirts and Destroy. Yeah, yeah. Are you affiliated with that somehow or Converge? Uh, well, they're all just friends. Like, um, Shirts and Destroy kind of sprung up out of a, screen, a little screen printing business that some of our friends started. Uh, Kevin Baker from... Uh, all Pigs Must Die. He was in the, the Hope Conspiracy and he's, you know, he's been a friend of ours since, you know, since the 90s. And uh, so they were screen printing stuff for us. And then they were like, you know, we should start a, you know, like an actual web store. And then they started Shirts and Destroy. And so Doom Riders was actually their first band. Right. We were the first band that they printed for. We were the first band that had a web shop with them. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to do with it other than that but they're all close friends and you know we that's cool we stick with them yeah i really love that website a lot i actually stopped going to it because yeah, i'm the same i'm way. gonna throw down a hundred bucks yep if I, if I go on there yeah because they have like every great tattoo artist on there and you're just like fuck look at all these shirts god damn it yeah, you know and it's like i have so many t-shirts too many man yeah can't can't wear I, them all. Yeah, I can't. I, and I'm, it's taken up too much space. I've had to like kind of give some away and yep. get rid of some that I yep. don't. So yeah, it's a big deal. Um, getting back to the Doom Riders, of course, as always, because this is 
this is my podcast. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about the Doom Riders. Thanks, man. Um, uh, so the, the the albums in the can. Kurt did the uh, produce yeah. the record again. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, what's your overall feeling about it? Um, I think it's our best, but yeah, yeah. you know, I'm I'm the guy in the band talking about our new record. So yeah, of course. You know, we all everybody says that. Everybody says it. But I, I feel like uh, from a songwriting standpoint, I'm very proud of, of the songs. I think they're the best written songs that I've ever that I've ever written personally I mean it, I shouldn't say that I wrote you know because it's it's the whole band it's a group process but um, I yeah I'm I'm really excited about it it's a lot less um, it's a lot less metal it's than, than the last record right it's much more punk I guess it, it's right. like a weird noisy punk heavy little bit of metal kind of record cool. I guess I don't know I, I'm pretty excited about it you guys are on later yeah, ten fifteen. And now I have to admit, uh, I have to clarify. We've been talking about the Doom Riders. Uh, I'm talking about Converge. Converge, you guys. Converge is playing tonight. Yes, Converge is on tour in Europe right now. Now, how is that working with like you know when I look at all you guys are doing all kinds of separate things? Uh, um, how do you guys even get together to to do a tour like this? Uh, it's it's fairly easy, man. Like you know, Doom Riders isn't a super busy band at this point because there's kids and real jobs in the mix now so like with with either band with any band or with anyone else's other things going on in their lives we just say okay who's free from this date to this date and you're like I am alright cool that's when we're gonna do stuff and then we just wow. work around that that's really that's amazing so yeah we're we're pretty lucky in that respect everybody's super easy to work with like I mean, Converge has been a band for over 20 years now, mm -hmm. and so, like, we pretty much just, we've got it down to a science at this point. Everybody respects each other, and everybody knows what needs to be done, and we just get it done. How, how, is, it, how is it working with a band member for another band in the studio with Kurt? How is that dynamic? Honest, honestly, it's really easy. I mean, Kurt is very easy to work with in the studio. Like, he, you know, like... And bear in mind, like, I've worked with him since he very since he started recording bands, you know? Like, my old band recorded in his parents' garage with him. We were, right. like, his first recording. Right. And, um, you know, I, I've seen him grow not only as just as an engineer and as a producer, but as someone who is much more equipped to sort of work with other people, you know? And uh, so, like... He and I, we've worked together so much now that, like, not really much needs to be said. I just come in. He knows pretty much how I do things. I know how, how he does things. And I just give him a general idea of what I'm going for, and then we work it out. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. And, and you're, you're kind of, you take the kind of the helm of, of, of the band in terms of, you know, songwriting and um, lyric writing and... Ly lyrically, definitely. Yeah. Um, musically, it's it's pretty much a group effort. I think um, my strengths have always been in the kind of editing process and putting things together. Yeah, so, arrangements. And yeah, stuff. arrangements. So like, um, you know, the other guys will bring a bunch of riffs and and like sometimes they bring complete songs. Sometimes I bring a complete song, but usually what happens is there's like a pile of riffs and I'm just like, all right. 
this goes with this we can make this work and you yeah. know like we need to figure out some way to get from this to this right and that's usually the way it, the way it goes and because of everybody else's commitments in, in life um, we don't necessarily spend a lot of time in between records writing a lot so like this the new record we had a bunch of you know half finished somewhat song ideas but nothing really really close and so when finally we just set a release date or set a recording date and then we're like all right we're writing a record we have two months to write this record yeah you know and uh i think for me personally having that makes me work a lot you know it makes me a lot more focused so we literally just had a dry erase board we hung it up on the wall in the practice space wrote down every idea we had and we're like all right we're just going to go down this list till everything's checked off and that's what we did and uh, and when is the release date for the the album when right the now work right now we don't know um, okay probably you know uh, i read about it in terrorizer oh did you really studio report oh i forgot i even did that yeah yeah i don't even remember what i said oh i do remember holy shit the, this was it was a weird day because <laughs> not, not it's like this is gonna bum you out um the dude called me to do the studio report i was recording i had just finished recording the vocals for a song called dead friends and that while i was recording them i had gone online and i saw on facebook that a friend of mine was murdered oh my while God. i was recording the vocals and so the dude called me and asked me like how's it going and i was just in a really weird headspace and i was trying to give him like good Holy answers cow. and stuff and he was like you want to talk about any of the songs and i was like that was the only thing on my mind so i was just like well i was recording the lyrics or the vocals to a song called dead friends and my friend sean was shot in his skate shop and i found out while i was recording it and the dude was just like uh yeah okay and i was like sorry i didn't mean to i just got really heavy on you i'm sorry but yeah so that happened damn Sorry, I just bummed you out. No, you know. No, hey man. I, I've I've had time to to deal with it and move on. It was it was definitely definitely crazy though, you know, like and then like flurries of text messages right yeah. after that, like, dude, did you hear about Sean? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, no, that is. Uh, what can I say? It's There's heavy. nothing to say. Yeah. Man. There's nothing to say. No, it's uh, it's with the, with social media now. It's kind of weird too, because when when people pass away, um, sometimes they won't have enough people around them to clean it up for them. Yeah. And, like their face pops up on people you may know. Oh and yeah. That is the eeriest thing. Now with with social media, that's the weird. That yeah, weirds me out. It's man. really really weird. I mean, like, I have a few friends, two of which actually are in that song who their Facebook profiles are still up and running and but like all of their friends still post on their walls like right. hey man I miss you you know like and it's it's ah. actually kind of cool to to have that because it sort of keeps every everybody together and keeps their memory going but it's also like strangely I guess it's cool if you're depressing. friends with that person so they won't pop up yeah but it's like oh yeah the, the people and, and you know, can't like, you I can't know. add them yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to add them. You can't. Yeah, because right? they can't accept you. Yeah, and it's just we're talking about Facebook. This I, is know, so, I know. How weird is this?
I didn't buy any of those last few Rollins records he made, and I don't always buy everything he puts out, but he came into my life at a time when I kind of needed him. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, I just kind of check in on what, what, you know, what Henry's doing. Yeah. And so it's meeting him face to face. I'd met him before. Zero response. For me, the last time, well, when I actually met him and spoke to him, um, it was at a festival in the UK a few, a couple years back, I, th- I think Sonosphere Festival, mm-hmm. which was a crazy day all around. But um, I watched Rollins do spoken word, and I'm a huge fan, you know, of his music, of his writing, his acting, everything. I think he's he's an amazing guy because yeah. I can't believe how much output he has and how much energy and like he's just constantly doing something. And like I envy that. I wish I had that. Yeah. And so it's an it's in you know inspirational to me. And so I've been a fan. You know, I loved Black Flag when I was a kid. I loved the Rollins Band. You know, like I wrote him a letter when I was in high school or junior high school I can't even remember and he wrote me back yeah and to me that like didn't even matter what he said just the fact that he took the time to write me back yeah blew my fucking mind and so at that festival like I watched him doing doing his uh his spoken word and it was great and like he was coming off the stage right after his set he uh there was a car waiting for him and I was like I'm gonna be that dude, but I just gotta say something yeah, yeah, to him, yeah. you know, because he's he wants to leave. But I was like, "Excuse me, sir, I'm really sorry to bother you." And he was like, "Yeah," and, uh, you know. I was just like, "I just want to tell you, when I was 15, 16, I don't whatever, I wrote you a letter, and you wrote me back, and that really fucking meant the world to me. And it, it's something that stuck with me my whole life. And it, the way that I interact with other people, you know, like I, I like." I just had this long convoluted thing <laughs> trying to make this sincere point and he's just looking at me like looking through me like I felt bad for him because I yeah. know in his mind he's thinking he's thinking wow this is this kid's trying to say something really nice to me and it, and it means a lot to me but I want to fucking leave you know and I, I wanted I was like I gotta let this dude off the hook I was like I just want to say thank you I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I just turned around and walked away. And he was just looking at me like, what the fuck? You're a fucking weirdo, dude. But, I mean, I, I could tell he was thankful, but at the same time was like, what just happened? And he just got in the car and drove away. And I was like, I just made an ass out of myself. I don't think so. I, 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 I have a very similar uh, experience. And it happened the, the day before I did the podcast with him. And we were doing, I was doing two, I was doing spoken word at Whackin' Open Air. Oh wow! Yeah, I did two days, and he did the other two days. So it was a four-day thing. Oh, that's so awesome! We, yeah, we our faces were side by side. Wow! On the posters, it was like I was taking photos and everything, yeah. sending it to all my friends. It was at the Hilton Airport Hotel, across oh, wow. from that airport. When he left the room, I just was like, oh. it was like, dude, that had to be nerve-wracking. Oh, man. it was like, yeah, mental gymnastics, like with yeah. a hero of mine who was ready to dismiss me. Yeah, would have and it would have killed me. Yeah, and dude, that's the thing. Like, that's why talking to him is so like intimidating because uh, you're just, you, you know what I mean. But you want to get in, yeah, because you I, know he's a great hang. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there thinking like I'm a total idiot. I, I don't know how to do anything. I can barely fucking write my own name, and this dude is like, you know, for lack of a better word, he's a hero to me. Yeah, and dude. so like. 
I I just want to make a good impression, but I'm I'm just making an ass out of myself. <laughs> there's this there's this T-shirt that I think I got from Death Wish. Oh, the says, one that says like Henry Glenn. HR HR Ian Yeah I got that cuz I know what that means that that to me is that's that's punk rock to me Yeah that 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 sums it up right there Yeah it, it, I don't need anything Before else Four food groups Yeah you know you could put jello on there too but then it's not the it's it's there's five it was a, yeah. it was a Beatles thing it was a play on a Beatles yeah. thing right Yeah Yeah and I thought that um yeah that's it those are those are the the guys that I I go to I listen to and I beyond the music I with, with the exception of HR, I mean, I, I, beyond the music that have influenced me as a person. Absolutely. You know? it, it's funny. I actually did an interview yesterday for a, a German magazine called Visions. Yeah. And um, they asked me about. I'm, I'm totally scooping them right now. But uh, was they, it was a journalist named Jan? Yeah, Jan. Schwar- yeah, he's, he's yeah, awesome. He's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, but it was about um, favorite records. And uh, he wanted to ask me about my favorite hardcore record of all time. And so for me, that's the Embrace LP. And, you know, I was just talking about how I, there are very few records that I can, like, directly trace and say, this influenced so many aspects of my life, not only musically, but lyrically, it pointed me in a direction, like, totally molded the way I I thought and totally, totally changed the way that I viewed the world and still to this day it does like I still go back and listen to that record and, and lyrically it's like it's more poignant now than it was then mm-hmm. you know like uh, do not consider yourself free that that just the, the chorus of that song as long as there are other helds, uh, others held captive do not consider yourself free and like I you know still to this day I, that sense chills down my spine you know and so yeah I don't know I don't even know where I'm going with this right now but I love that record <laughs> I mean, I, for me, it would be. Um, I said this before. I think, th- I think three albums like maybe Out of Step, uh, My War, and oh, yeah, uh, My Rock War. for Light. Oh, dude, Rock for Light. Yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah, I'd I'd say Embrace, My War, Rock for Light. <laughs> yeah, you know, I looked at because it fucked with everything that I, I I I thought was. You know, it just fucked with my sensibilities and yeah. just my perceptions. Dude, Rock for Light was like, I remember the first time I heard Rock for Light, I was like, I think I was 12, and I got it in a cutout bin at the record store on vinyl for a dollar. And it was like, <laughs> oh, Bad Brains, I saw them in Thrasher. Yeah. You know, and I got it, put it on, and was just like, holy shit, what, I don't even know what's happening. What is this? And then all of a sudden it goes into I and I Survive, and I'm like, what the hell? And my dad is like, hey, man, that sounds like my Bob Marley record. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, I didn't know music could be like that. Yeah. And then, like, at that point, I had I had Damaged by Black Flag, and I loved that record. But then I got My War, and I was like, oh, this is good. And then I flipped it over and was like, <laughs> yeah, totally. what the fuck is this? And, like, I remember thinking, I don't like this. You know, but I want to listen to it again. I want to figure out why they did this. And then the more I listened to it, I was like, this is fucking genius. I have to admit, I listened to side one for years. Yeah. After I, f- I listened to side two once. And then, I don't know what it was, I finally flipped it over and I was like, oh, fuck, where have I yeah. been? 
My my friend Ben in the UK, he has a tattoo that I want to get so bad, but it would just be ripping him off. But it's just it just says my war side two. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, was, yeah. Fuck, I want to get that, but you already did it. <laughs> you know, we we I we used to do when we first started the band, we we're going to do uh my war like the way Pussy Galore did Exile on Main Street. Yeah. Just they just fucking they didn't shit on it, but they just did like a crazy punk rock version of it. We yeah. I wanted to do our take on my war. Dude. Like how we would do it from beginning to end, like being a, like a hard rock band doing that album. But oh, that'd we never. Be great. It's one Dude, of the have you heard the demos for that record? No. It, is it the demo or is it the deleted major label version? Oh, it's, I have demos, and then there's a bunch of live recordings on this one that I have, and there's a, a live radio show of them doing My War. Oh my god. Dude, I've got to send it to you, man, because it is the most fucking primal thing. It, it's so much better. Like, Rollins is just like a fucking wild animal on it, man. Like, uh, it's it's unbelievable. I, I'm going to send it to you. Like, there's some shit on there that, like, just no one's been able to come close to the anger. And it came to me at a time where I was so raging, so angry at the world for... I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. And here was a guy who was, like, beating me. Yep. And I'm, yep. Yeah, like that was the thing, you know. You hear that rage, and you're just like, "This dude knows what's going on." Yeah. And then to take that a step further and kind of bring it all together, I loved Minor Threat. I loved how pissed it was. Same deal. Like, see, these guys are mad too. Yeah. You know. But then I got the Embrace album, and I was like, "This is why I'm mad. This is why the world's fucked up." And I read the lyrics, and I was like, "Okay, it all makes sense. Like now I know. You know what I mean? Like." Yeah now I know how I should be looking at these things and why I why I'm angry and you know what I mean it kind of gave me a voice uh, for, when it comes to minor threat it was um, uh, the like pretty much straight edge out of step those lyrics I couldn't I couldn't believe someone was singing that yeah because I, I was coming from a metal when crossover was happening and coming from the metal stream and then punk was crossing over that's how I was able to bridge the gap and get a Minor Threat album or get yeah. the Black Flag record. And when I read, when I heard, I was like, listening to it, I'm like, did he just say I don't drink? Because yeah. every metal band, it was all about being alcoholica yep. and, you know, fucking getting drunk and trash. Yep. And everyone who loved that music was trying to emulate that. Yeah. And I never, I, I was always a step behind on that. I just was not really too keen on yeah. jumping into the fire. I think, like... At least with me, personally, I got into punk rock and hardcore after kind of the second wave in the late 80s started to die. And, like, it was... all Like, I saw all these dudes that were older than me who were just fucking hopeless, yeah. you know? That were just hooked on drugs, alcohol, like, losers. You know, I hate saying it, but, like, they were going nowhere. And I just remember seeing them being like... I mean, I love this music, and, like, it, I feel like it's where I belong, but I don't want to be that, you know? Like, these guys are... I don't I don't even know what that is over there. And then the first time, like you said, man, out of step, I heard it, and I was like, I don't have to be that, yeah. you know? And that, I was like, all right, now I know what I'm supposed to do. And, like, honestly, if it weren't for that specific time and those records, I don't know who I'd be today, you know? Yeah. Like, those... Those formed the person that you're talking to right now. Yeah, same with me. And I thought that was the most punk rock thing to do. Yeah. 
to be punk rock against punk the rock. punk rock, exactly. Yeah. To get that concept, and and even today, like, you know, um, just being a hard rock band, and you know, we we don't really play like punk rock circles, ever. I mean, this is probably the closest thing being in a festival with you guys and the Hives or whatever. Um, but it it comes through in your music, one hundred percent. I think that's why, like, immediately, I, I liked your band. I, I would I would I would like to think that the people who 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 know could could hear that. Oh, I, I absolutely could. Like because right away, I was like, "There's like a real punk energy behind this." It's like not about being like the you know you're not masturbating on your guitar. It's yeah. about the songs. It's about the energy, and it's about the connection with the audience. And that, to me, is what punk is supposed to be. The, yeah, and and on on other levels is like, well, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna look though the way that a hard rock band's going to look. We're right. not going to act the way a hard rock band's going to look. And just, at the end of the day, it's just fucking with people's um, uh, established perceptions yeah. and sensibilities. Exactly. It's, it's at the heart of what I think punk rock has always been. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, man. And that's why I love your band, the, the, the Punk rock, it splinters into, like, fucking 25,000 different kinds of sounds. It's hard to, like, you know, it's like... yeah. Jazz is jazz, or you know, country music is country music. But yeah, like punk is fucking. It, so it's, punk is less about the sound and more about the attitude. Behind the attitude, it, and you know? whether other you know punk rock bands or other people can really hear the attitude in the music or the presentation. Whether you know, I've always said this: like behind the scenes, we have we have made this hard rock band based on like a foundation set by like Discord Records and all those DC bands and yeah. just the way like that's why it goes back to Ian MacKay it's like to me Ian, Ian is like I don't know if I could I don't know what I'd be like how I'd be conducting myself or being if it wasn't for Ian MacKay right. yeah and I know he doesn't care to have that as the burden his as yeah. you know with all these people I mean he just did what he did yeah. and that's that but, but it's like undeniable man it's undeniable and I'm thankful for it I'm yeah. thankful that there was somebody a role that, model a role model that could give like you know I'm what am I trying to say like an idea of of how someone can act outside of the establishment and still like be cool be cool and be intelligent yeah and like you know like you can't fuck with Ian you know there were plenty of dudes back then who you know wrote some great records but you could you could just be like yeah but he's a fucking tool like look at <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, the yeah. dude like he's he's doing this because there's nowhere else for him to go like it's either this join the army or go to jail yeah you know or like whereas with Ian it's like Ian MacKay could have done anything he wanted to do. Anything. And he chose to do this because it's what was in his heart. And he did it in an intelligent, ethical way. And not a lot of people did that. And so, you could... Like, he was so sincere, you could see it. You know, even as a kid, I could see it. And I was like, that's what I want. Right there. Like, yeah. I, w I don't care if I'm ever rich. I don't care if, if anybody gives a shit about anything I've ever done. If people can say, even that I've been even remotely like these people, then I feel like I've been successful. It translates even into like how I treat other bands, uh, people around me, uh, you know, in, in business and personal. Yeah. It bleeds in every aspect that I don't. I, I, sometimes I catch myself going, I don't think Ian 
would approve, dude. You know, like yeah, I mean, that's it, that inner dialogue in my head. Yeah, that's it's. it's I mean, and I think that's a valid. It's way crazy. Of, it might. It's crazy talk. It sounds weird it to sounds people weird. who don't come from yeah. this kind of background, but like it, I think it's a valid way of looking at things. You know, like I'm sure that that Ian McKay would hear this and just be like, "Oh, oh God, Jesus. shut up, you yeah. fucking dorks!" Yeah. But like, it's true. you know, it. If for better or for worse, here was a person who set an example of how you can do things the right way. Yeah. And I mean, really, there's no right way. But in a way that, at the end of the day, you can walk away from it and feel like you didn't do something shitty. You didn't shit all over other people. You did, You know what I mean? And ultimately, you can walk away and say, all right, man, like, I feel good about what I've done. And I mean, they took it to the, you know, Fugazi and whoever took it, you know, to extremes that, like... <laughs> I can't, I, I can't do, you know, like I can't do it, man. I mean, I, I have so much respect for, for it, though, you know. But not everyone can be, can afford, to, can has the luxury of being Ian Mackay. That's how I've justified certain things and decisions we've done. Yeah. And I'm like, well, look, like this is the inner, this is me talking to myself. I'm like, you're not Ian Mackay, and yeah. if you were, you can afford to do that because you've got all this cred and you've got all this, yeah. you know, reputation and you've established. But you're just this. You're just this little dude, man, like trying to get by. Yeah. I'm not trying to make excuses, but sometimes. No, you know, dude, I mean, like. It's not 1982 anymore. Yeah, and, you know, when you're playing music, and, you know, I, I hesitate to call it a career, but. Even even word usage yeah. like that, it, you know, you got. I grapple with, but yeah, I, you know. Absolutely, but, you, you know, like, when you're doing this and, like, as. You know, it's kind of shitty to say, but when you sometimes, well, when you do have to depend on it to pay the bills, sometimes you do things that, you know, you they don't necessarily 100% sit right with you. Yep. And I've done things like that. Same and, here. You know, and like, I look at them all as learning experiences and say, okay, I did that. Don't need to do it again. I would have been a hypocrite if I didn't try it. It, that's how I see it too. I, yeah. I I don't think I've ever done anything where I couldn't look myself in the mirror. I, not that I think I know. Yeah. I've always been able to justify it somehow. Find like the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you know, doing kind of like a more, our the music we do is has the potential to be more widely accepted. You get offers and opportunities that, you know, you as like you know, fifteen year old punk rocker would have just like gone. You're fucking, you know. Yeah, fuck off, you yeah. wanker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you, sometimes you can, you know, figure it out. It it makes sense to you, and but always as a marker is, is Ian Mackay. Yeah, Henry's right there behind him, but like it's Ian, and then for me is like Chuck D as well. Like Chuck D, man. Oh, I, dude. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I saw Speaks that guy. Speaks the truth. Yeah. I always. New work. I saw that guy walk just right by us at New work, and we made eye contact. I, I, I didn't even put out my hand to shake. I just stood up, like, like yeah. I think you're supposed to when, yeah. like... When royalty walks royalty, by. Royalty, like, yeah. some nobility walks by. Yeah, I just did that as an... I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. This is crazy. Oh, I, hey, Chuck I, D. I didn't want to hey. meet him. I just yeah. wanted to stand up and just... Yeah. It was so funny, but, yeah, Chuck, Chuck D would be one of those dudes as well that I throw in there. Oh, dude, um, he's, he's the man. Yeah, there's so. a few other people that kind of jog my memory, but these are the guys in music that I... That, that, come to mind first yeah. yeah oh it's funny how every fucking time 
it always just ends up talking. We either talk, end up talking about Danzig or Ian or Henry <laughs> on this podcast. Hey, that's fine, man. Those are, you know, the staples. But you know, Damien uh, from Fucked Up, he said something that I, I actually totally agree with, and I do myself. Is like uh, a background in punk rock is a good marker for for you know when you when you know that someone's got a background in punk rock, it means that they've kind of like they're a little more humbler they might have this they might have more humbler tendencies just oh, because absolutely. of how the punk rock scene is just they police themselves so much yeah. to the point where you can't help but have your ego driven out yeah, of you yeah you gotta have your ego checked yeah you know constantly. Like that's that's a big part of coming out of the punk scene yeah you know? like it, it's the same thing for me like short quick story um, when that same day that I met Henry Rollins at Sonosphere Festival, Alice in Chains played, and it was with the new singer, Will. I've never been an Alice in Chains fan. You know, it's just not my thing, whatever. Yeah. No big deal. If, it, if you're into it, cool. You right. know, I, I can respect that. I can understand why. It's just not my thing. And so I was walking around backstage trying to find catering, and I was wearing my old Blast shirt. And this dude walks up to me, and uh, he's like, Hey, man. That's an original shirt, dude. That's like old as shit. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's real old. And he was like, fuck, man, let me look at that thing, you know. And he's like, walking around me, like pinching on my shirt. He's like, dude, this is from the tour. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's an old one. He's like, fuck, man, that's amazing. I played guitar on that record. And I was like, it was uh, it's in my blood shirt. Yeah, and I yeah, was yeah. like, what? And he was like, yeah, dude, I was in that band, man. I only. I was only in the band for a little while, but I played I played second guitar on that record. You know, I wrote some of those songs. I was like, fuck, that's amazing, dude. And I talked to him for a minute, and he's like, yeah, man, yeah. I, and I used to play in this other band called Neon Christ. And I was like, you were in Neon Christ? Like, holy shit. You know, and we're just talking about hardcore. And he was like, oh, I'm Will, dude. And I'm like, oh, I'm Nate. Nice to meet you. And I was like, all right, dude, pleasure meeting you. See you later. No idea who he was. And then a little bit later... I'm on our bus, and our bus is fate. Kind of, we can see the main stage, and Allison Chain starts playing, and I'm like, "Oh, Allison Chain is playing, huh?" And some of the other dudes are like, oh, "I'm gonna go watch him, dude." And I'm like, eh. and I look out the window, and there's that dude singing for Allison Chains, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit, dude!" Fuck, man. The guitarist from Neon Christ and Blast sings for Allison Chains. Like, that just completely blew my fucking mind. <laughs> And I, I was like, okay, now I have a, such a newfound respect yeah, yeah. For, for those dudes. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. So fucking cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. Wow. And then the other day. I didn't day, know that. Yeah, I didn't know he was in Blast. Blew my mind. Blew my And the, the fact that he didn't even say, I'm here with right, Alice yeah, in yeah. Chains, he was just like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm fucking. We just talked about hardcore. So cool. And then the other day, we played a festival. Uh, we played Download in England. And uh, we're just sitting at our, at our van. Wait, we're like way on the other side of the festival. We're waiting on like the trolley or whatever to take us to the, to the, you know, the festival grounds or whatever. And Duff McKagan just walks right up, and he's just like, "Hey, what's up, guys? You guys are Converge." And I'm like, "You're fucking Duff McKagan." Duff and, rules. Yeah, and he's just like, "Oh man, you know, we were just playing shows and like, saw this dude that just had your artwork tattooed all over him, man. It was so cool." And I was like. This is Duff McKagan. And, like, what I wanted to say was, dude, I love the farts. You know, like, yes. his band with, with, uh, <laughs> with Blaine from The Accused. And, like, 
I wanted to be, hey man, I'm down. I know all about you. <laughs> but like, I, I couldn't even manage to spit out a word. I was like so dumbfounded that this, that Duff McKagan walked up to us yeah, and started totally. talking to us. He knew who we were. Totally. And I was blown away. By uh, a similar thing with Duff. Yeah. Like, he came up to me and he knew who we were and it was fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, th- that's like, wow, man. Like, you got to hear yeah. the podcast Damien and I did with Duff. Really? Yeah. We oh, did fuck. it at Soundwave. We did it with Duff. Wow. And he made Damien, who's like a fountain of punk rock knowledge. I just, I'm just kind of like, yeah, keeping quiet while he. And uh, he made Guns N' Roses sound like Duff's side project. That's awesome. He was just throwing out bands, and uh, and you can't you can't see it on the podcast, but Duff's face was like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Kind of yeah, he kind of yeah. surprised him a bit, but yeah, it was fucking yeah, it was cool. That was cool, and I'm glad. Yeah, Duff is one of those dudes who's like. He's the he's the man to me. He's, yeah, he's the man. He's a re- he's real. He's the you know real what I mean. And that's deal. that exactly like you were saying. You know, like he came out of the punk world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and like he he gets it. Yeah, you know, totally. it's just so fucking cool to see somebody that's been you know at the bottom all the way to the top, like top. where no one ever gets to go, and is still completely just like, hey, yeah, man, cool. Yeah. I like your band. And you're like, what you? You know who we are. And like, for me, like someone who revolves in the in the hard rock world more than the punk rock world these days, he is someone I look to to go. Well, he did it. Here, here's another dude. So yeah. I'm not alone in this. You know, we're yeah. Not, he's we're right not alone. on. Yeah. So that's yeah. That was a mind blowing experience yeah. a couple days ago. The fuck that happened? Oh yeah, you said download a couple yeah. of days. Ago. Like literally, it was like last week. Fuck. So that's awesome. it. Was funny because I was sitting in the back of the van half asleep, <laughs> like. And then some dude walks up, hey guys, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> He's like, hey guys, I'm Duff. And I'm like, I just kind of lift up my head and look out the door, and I'm like, yeah, that's Duff. Holy shit. <laughs> fuck. You know? Yeah. He's so, a killer, man. There Wait, you go. Yeah. I think that's a good spot. Oh, it's the uh, to end the podcast on Duff McKagan? Yeah. I'll take any day. No complaints. Right awesome. on. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. Have a good show tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Fuck yeah.